Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, or NLP, as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. Pardon the interruption, but I have a really quick question for all of you. What type of empath are you? If you're not sure and you haven't taken my empath quiz yet, you can certainly do so at thatsdeepco.com backslash empath dash quiz. And I will also leave a link for it in my show notes. When you take the quiz, you'll find out your type and you'll also be sent a free guided meditation that corresponds to your specific empath type. Thank you so much. And I look forward to helping you find out your type. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at naomicourtney.co. Again, that's at naomicourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you. Okay. It is an honor to welcome Leah Carrillo to the show today. She is a mother of two, a wife, life coach, and the creator behind the Serenity Journal Planner. She helps parents and teachers learn valuable life skills so that they can teach their kids and students through coaching, workshops, and more. Thank you for being here today, Leah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I'm curious. I want to jump right on into it. Um, Can you fill our listeners in a little bit more in detail about what you do for a living? Sure. Um, So I started as a pediatric nurse at Children's Hospital Los Angeles straight from college. Um, I was a nurse for seven years. Um, And just recently, this past August, I resigned um, due to health issues or like more for protecting my own health and the health of my baby. Um, So there's more to that later on if you if you want to know. But um, what I do now is I'm a life coach. Um, I started off as a health coach and transitioned into a life coach because I realized a lot of um, people's concerns with health had to do with their mindset. So I personally like life coaching better. Um, And then something new that came up is I am also a business coach for new nurse entrepreneurs. And that kind of just fell into my lap as people hired me without me even promoting it. So um, that's something that I don't really promote on my social media and something new that I do with my husband. Ah, that is so cool. I love it. And I'm curious. So I know you said um, you left, you know, you resigned um, your job at your nursing job and Mm -hmm. you became a life coach. But I'm curious, you said that um, it was, you know, to protect your emotional health as well and like the health of your baby. Um, Did you leave like before you got pregnant or while you were pregnant, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, yeah. Um, So interesting story. Well, to start off, I am a very spiritual person and I rely a lot on God and asking for signs. And so um, I 
think to to have this story kind of make sense, I have to go a little back to when I got sick three years ago. I got really sick. I was on um, bed rest. I was bleeding from random places. Um, eventually had multiple symptoms from all over my body, but the doctors didn't understand why. So I looked into holistic medicine, but in that whole process, I ended up on 20 medications and 15 supplements um, just to kind of feel normal. Um, So I have this box of meds that I used to show everyone. Um, I finally threw it away though when I turned 28, um, just because I didn't want to hold, I didn't want it to hold me back anymore. Um, But because of that experience, I realized how hard it would be this time around to get pregnant. Um, My husband and I actually tried for a year and nothing was happening. I was getting discouraged and my son is six years old now. And so everybody, ever since he was maybe two or three years old, they were asking me like, oh, when are you going to have another one? And um, I would just smile and brush it off. But eventually it started to bother me because I knew that we wanted another one. But with my physical health, um, it just wasn't happening. And then yeah. when I got when I got better, my husband got attacked by his patient. Um, he's also a nurse, but in the adult world. And um, he got attacked by his patient and has been on disability since. Um, so that was another factor that was stopping us from having another baby. Um, so this past year, we decided, okay, let's let's give it another try, but not like tell anybody because we didn't want dis- to disappoint anyone plus disappoint ourselves. Um, and it also still just wasn't working, but I noticed every time I went to work as a nurse, I would get my symptoms back um, that I worked so hard to kind of to heal from. And so when I got my symptoms back, I would just come home crying, asking, you know, praying and asking God, what is the purpose of all of this? Like, I tried so hard to get my health back. And then my husband and I talked about it. And we said that if we ever got pregnant, we I would quit and I would resign. And um, <laughs> crazy situation or story, coincidence or not, um, I got I, I found out I was pregnant that weekend. So um, I sent in my resignation letter the following, the following week or two, I believe after that. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's seriously like, that is such a story. Like I can relate to because I left my um, nine to five as a speech language pathologist in the school system. uh, Mm -hmm. When I, well, I already kind of, you know, was getting those like intuitive hits that like I I needed to transition out of there at some point Um, and I kind of knew this before I got pregnant but um, as soon as I got pregnant it was like just this clear like you've got to protect like your emotional um, and you know physical well-being too so I can Mm -hmm. totally relate to your story. Yeah it's crazy how you'll do anything for your kids (laughs) like it took a pregnancy to have me realize like I really need to quit and take care of my health because all of my coworkers could see it. They could all see how even though I did take care of myself prior and, and healed myself and weaned myself off of the 35 meds and supplements, I still had a hard time at work physically and emotionally. Um, but then it took our kids <laughs> and like your kid to like really have us quit which yeah. maybe shouldn't be the way because we should take care of ourselves first, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, live and learn, but no, that, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So I am curious, um, and for those who don't know, like, where are you from and where did you grow up? Uh, my family is from the Philippines. Um, I was born here in the U.S., but my dad was not here when I was born. He um, 
couldn't get a visa or whatever he needed to come to America. So as soon as I was born, um, I went to the Philippines with my mom. And then um, it took them a few months to, I don't know, almost a year, I believe, to decide if they were going to come back to America to give us the American dream or to go to Australia or stay in the Philippines. And they decided to come here <laughs> to the U.S. Ah, I see. Okay. And you're in LA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, so what part of LA did you grow up in? Um, I grew up and I still live in Santa Clarita. Uh, most people don't know where that is. So I just say Magic Mountain um, yeah. <laughs> area. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm about 10 minutes away from Magic Mountain. Um, and I, for the most part, grew up here. I moved here when I was nine years old and I still live here today with my, wow. now my own family. Yeah, that's awesome. I used to live in Huntington Beach for a little while with my husband, who is the, my then boyfriend. But we did go to Santa Clarita once. And when we, well, I think we passed through because we were going to Magic Mountain. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious if you were to give yourself, you know, like 21 year old Leah, an uh, important piece of advice, what would you tell her? Um, so based on my story or what I've just told you guys, um, the most important advice I would give my past self is to take care of yourself and to love yourself. Um, before, actually when I was really sick and I kind of just had it, I was going through bouts of anxiety, depression, because I didn't understand what was going on for the most part in my family, even though, yeah, we ate junk food here and there, um, you know, the typical like family things, um, I still ate the healthiest out of my family. I still like was pretty active and all that stuff. So I just didn't understand how I all of a sudden got sick. Um, and then one day I had a dream again. Um, I'm not sure if it's God or higher power angels. Um, it just was a dream that told me the reason I was sick is I didn't take care of myself and I didn't love myself. And I woke up from that dream, just like crying. Um, and in shock, but also I believed it because as a nurse and just being myself, I take care of everyone else before myself. Um, and I realized in that moment that if I want to be a good mom, if I want to be a good nurse, then I need to take care of myself first and to love myself first. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I feel like, you know, getting those like intuitive dreams, like they actually mean something. And I like that we can relate on that like spiritual note, because I feel like I've come to so many like aha moments from, from dreams. And, and I can also relate to what you were saying about, you know, like your role as a nurse, like you're kind of expected to put everybody else, like, you know, everyone else's needs before yours. And like, I can relate to that as a speech therapist too. It's like, you know, you think, I guess like in whatever profession you're in, right. You're like, I just, I need mm -hmm. to make sure that this kid talks. Or I need to make sure that, you know, these people like their health is like, okay. So I, yeah, mm -hmm. I can totally relate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, now that I know that I definitely teach that to my family and my son, it's obviously a work in progress because most people are used to just taking care of other people or pleasing other people. That's another thing. I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't say that I've like fully recovered because part of me still like just wants the best for everybody. But I also have to realize that, you know, some people aren't willing to change or to do anything about 
their own situation and I can't take that upon myself. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I like what you're saying. And I am curious, I want to get into a round of like more personal questions so that our listeners can get to know you better. So what, yeah, what's it um, like, you know, like a day in the life of Leah Carrillo? Um, I feel like every day changes, especially since I resigned from nursing. I think it was more structured at that time when I had a job. But now that I'm, so I'm a homeschool mom, I get up in the morning, do my morning routine. Every morning I journal, I pray, meditate, read the Bible. I just like have a set routine I do in the morning, hopefully before my son gets up. But if he happens to get up, then he does it with me. Um, Ever since he was three years old, or wait, four years old, um, we've been doing this practice together. So he knows, he knows the whole routine himself. It's just really simplified since he's little. Um, And then we'll eat breakfast, we'll homeschool him. And usually with homeschool, I'm more flexible. I'll have him choose a topic he wants to to learn that day. And of course, we still do the typical English, math, science, history, but um, we'll add in anything else he wants to learn. And then usually after lunch, um, we just let him play. And then my husband and I switch off doing like our side businesses um, and then have family time. So it just varies through (laughs) the days and depending on what we have planned and what um, our clients need from us. Um, But yeah, that's a typical day. Yeah, I love that. And I love how cute your son is. So what's your favorite thing about him? It's hard to probably pick one, but <laughs> what's your favorite thing? <laughs> uh, my favorite thing is that he's just so loving and kind. And he reminds even adults to be loving and kind. Like if he hears somebody, um, like for example, if me and my husband get into some sort of you know argument about something and he recognizes that we're not speaking as kind to each other, he'll be the one to call us out and he'll tell us to apologize to each other or he'll tell us to, you know, just be happy and to love each other and things like that. And, you know, most kids don't really know to do that. Um, or at least I, I haven't seen most <laughs> kids do that. Um, and he's just like every, every day when he says his prayers, he'll pray for other people. He'll pray for the kids that don't have food. Um, ever since Kobe Bryant passed, he prays for Kobe and his family every single prayer. Like, um, yeah. and we've never asked him to do that. It's just things that he says and does out of love and kindness that surprises me. Oh, he he definitely seems really thoughtful. Just in like the videos that you've shared, you know, on Instagram of your son. So. Good job, mom and dad. (laughs) Yeah, you're okay. So you're pregnant with a baby girl now. Congratulations. Thank Um, you. Yeah. What what are you most excited about when it comes to having a second child? I'm most excited that my son finally has a sibling. Um, He's been asking since he was like three years old. Um, So (laughs) when we finally told him, um, that he was going to be a big brother. His reaction was so funny. It was actually, he, we gave him a big brother shirt and his reaction was finally, <laughs> and most <laughs> kids don't do that too. And it's just funny that he was expecting it for a long time. And I just, I'm just really close with my brothers. And so I want us, I want him to have a sibling that he's close with and that he loves and protects. 
So that's what I'm most excited about. (laughs) Yeah, that's exciting. And I also love how much you love your family and your Instagram page shows it. So what is the most challenging and the most rewarding thing about being a parent? And then I'll ask you like about being a wife in a second, but what's the most challenging and then the most rewarding thing about being a parent? The most challenging thing I would say is you want to do everything and anything to protect them from this world, (laughs) this crazy world. And um, just making those decisions and feeling like it's on you if something happens, especially being a pediatric nurse, seeing like all the different disease processes and illnesses and whether it was preventable or not, and whether the parent had a way to, you know, help them and protect them before it happened. It was, it's just a lot. And I think that's why emotionally it got to me working there. Um, So just be, just wanting to protect them, but knowing that you can't always keep them safe. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the most um, rewarding thing is I honestly learned so much from my son. I know as parents, we probably feel like, we need to teach them so much. Even me being a homeschool mom, like I feel like, oh, I have to teach him this, I have to teach him that. But really in the the whole process, I feel like I'm learning more lessons from him about life in general than I could probably teach him. Yeah, 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 I can totally relate to that too. Like I feel like kids, sometimes they, they just have like the perfect, like simple answers to a lot of the things that we complicate in life. Yeah, it's so true. And like, we make it so hard for ourselves, but really they're like, oh, you just do this or you just do that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I want to know what's the most challenging and the most rewarding thing about being a wife. Okay. So for being a wife, the most challenging is probably communication. Um, we definitely, me and my husband, when we were dating was honeymoon phase the whole time so I think maybe we fought three times the whole time we were dating and we dated for five years before we got married um and we I don't know it was just different and we didn't have much to fight about I felt like we were communicating great but then when you throw in the mix of like having a kid having finances and all this stuff it's communication is a big thing (laughs) and um and knowing when to like put your pride down and I guess um, work together instead of against each other um, is another thing that we have been learning through the past five years, almost six years now. Um, The most rewarding thing is it's like you have a built-in best friend all the time. Like you, you have somebody to confide in when, whether you're happy or sad Um, you have like in our case, we do business together. So that's been really Um, fun and amazing and I never thought we would work together in this way and um, just like helping each other grow um, and just you know helping each other I guess grow within our dreams too and not put each other down for dreaming really big (laughs) because both of our dreams are are pretty big and out there and we don't know how it's going to happen but um, we've been supporting each other this whole time. Yeah, I love that. I'm curious now, would you mind sharing what some of these like big audacious goals would be like for you and if, you know, for your husband? Yeah. Um, So one of my dreams is to open up 
a school one day. Um, I don't know yet if it's like a school like where it includes the traditional learning things of science, English, all that stuff, but mostly a school to teach kids about things that they can use in life. So that whether that's meditation, gratitude, um, even things like taxes that we don't learn in school, but yeah. the, just like these bigger life skills, I guess, that we, we can use, even affirmations that we don't learn in regular school. And so that's one of my one of my dreams also to include in that maybe like non-toxic living and like healthy living um, and nutrition. Cause again, those things matter. And when I got really sick, I realized we never really learned that growing up. Um, we just saw junk food everywhere and just ate whatever was easiest and cheapest. And so um, I wanna be able to change that somehow. Um, my husband, he wants to be an investor a real estate investor and own a bunch of properties through the U.S. And uh, right now we can barely, like we're, we're affording our current place of living, but just, you know, that big dream of not knowing how we're going to do that. Um, but he started as a cardiac ICU nurse and then went into photography because that's where he, when he got injured, that's where he found like his hobby and what he liked to do to kind of not think about the pain so much or not think about being on disability so much. Um, and then from photography, um, he went into speaking. So he does want to speak on big stages one day. And, um, and I think that's pretty much it. And we work, we work together to help other nurses build out their dreams. So just seeing other nurses um, fulfill what their passion and purpose is, is really amazing to us. Yeah, I love that so much. You guys are like just a power unit. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So in the spirit of all things like spirituality um, and in the spirit of the full moon coming up soon, I'm curious, what are your like, you know, astrological signs or if you just know your sign, your sun sign, what's your sun sign? Um, I just know my main sign, which is a Sagittarius. Um, I know there's different signs and I'm, I'm learning that with my friend who is so into um, the full moon and the new moon, but I just know that I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, you know, full moons are, uh, we, we, you know, it's good to use the energy of the full moon to release a lot of like the baggage and just like the toxic stuff that like no longer serves us. So what are you releasing um, during this full moon season? Um, probably self-doubt and just, yeah, mostly doubt. Like mostly doubting myself that I can do this, that, because part of me is still questioning if quitting or resigning from my nursing job was the best idea, <laughs> especially financially. But I know for my health, that was really good. It's just um, for our family financially, like I, I doubt myself in that area, especially with my own business. So like, am I really going to scale enough to be able to provide for my family and not have to go back to work after maternity leave and all that stuff, even though I keep getting signs that I will be able to, I just need to believe in myself. So that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And 
you mentioned on IG that you have intuitive dreams. So can you explain like what happens? Like I know you dreamed about your planner and the California fires. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've noticed these dreams more often ever since high school. Um, So in high school, I'm not sure if you are still here in California, but in 2008, there were fires surrounding all of Santa Clarita. So basically we weren't able to get out. Um, And then after that, the fires kind of spread all through California, like down to San Diego and um, I think even up north. Um, So before those fires, I actually had a dream that I should just pack my bags and be prepared. And I wasn't, I wasn't sure why I could just see fire everywhere. And the message was just pack your bags. So from there, I, I packed my bags, had it in my trunk. Um, When the first fire started out, I was volunteering at the hospital. My whole family were, we were all separated. My dad was working in one place. My mom was at their family restaurant. And then my brothers were doing their own thing too. So by the time we heard about the fire and realized it was close to our home, um, we were all separated. We had to evacuate. We, we didn't see each other till that night. But that was a, one of the first instances where I remember dreaming about it and like acting upon it. Um, ever since then, I've had other random dreams. Some are really small, some are big. Like for example, before we moved into this condo, um, I had a dream that there was just flooding everywhere. Um, but then I didn't listen to it. <laughs> this is an example of when I didn't listen to it and something bad happened. So I didn't listen to it. And then the next day, my dad had the same dream where um, he just, he said, like, I had a, I had a dream that your condo was flooding. I'm like, huh, what? That's weird. But that day I was rushing with my husband. We had a client uh, photo shoot. And so we had to just go and didn't have time to check our condo. So the following day, um, we got a call from HOA and they said that we need to get into your place. Um, Your neighbor's garage is drenched and we need to find the source of it. So we came like, running to our place and as soon as we opened the door um the whole um kitchen and even our dining room was flooded and it flooded down into our neighbor's garage um so we just we haven't even moved in and it was already kind of destroyed and had to pay out of pocket for all the damages um in my neighbor's garage and our own place so yeah um the dreams if I choose to listen to it, it usually ends up good. <laughs> and if I choose to ignore it, it just like, you know, the, the end result is not the greatest. And I end up learning a huge lesson. Um, in terms of the journal, I have been doing this morning routine I told you about in the beginning um, since I helped heal my physical self and I was learning to heal my mindset. And so um, as I did the routine every single day, I just had a dream like, oh, you're going to make this into a journal at the time, just a journal. And um, I was doing it with my son too. We were just writing it in a blank, empty notebook. And um, I just didn't believe the dream because I was like, who am I to create something and would people even buy it or get it? And the dream wouldn't stop. Like I tried to ignore it, but the dream wouldn't stop. So then I talked to my brother's girlfriend who is a graphic designer and I told her about it. And so she kind of helped me design it. We did PDFs online just to promote on my Instagram. At that time, I had like less, maybe a thousand followers or less. And um, I just tried to 
promote it that way to see if people would even actually do it and did a challenge. And it ended up being successful and a lot of people had changes in their mindset within a month. So we just fulfilled it and, and created the journal and um, published it and it was has been out since last summer. So been crazy. <laughs> Congratulations. I love that. And it Thank just you. reminds me, yeah, like of your um, personality type in the Myers-Briggs system, because a lot of INFJs, um, you know, have that ability to creatively like dream these things into reality. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you find yourself like just kind of getting lost in daydreams about the things that you want to create and bring, you know, into reality. And then you actually do take the steps to make it happen. So it's very INFJ mm -hmm. of you. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the other thing that now that you mentioned like daydreams, I never had a dream about this, but I do think about it during the day is my, the workshops that I now hold for kids. Um, I just started thinking about it, I think after the journal came out and I also didn't know how that was gonna happen and I didn't know it was gonna happen so soon. And so we had our first few workshops in January um, and last month. So it's it's just been crazy that like every time I think of something, like I just make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry about the, the dogs barking in the background. Like we have so many on property. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So I want to dive in to your personality type in the Myers-Briggs system. Um, and so I'm going to quickly riff here on some personality type info. So okay. learning our personality type is a tool that we can use to understand how we learn information and how we can make decisions. So our brain's inner wiring. Uh, when you understand your inner wiring, you can better understand your needs at a core level so that you can experience and feel more satisfaction in your sense of self um, because we often hear that phrase like be yourself, be yourself. And, you know, being yourself requires you to know yourself first. So being yourself mm -hmm. is more rewarding and satisfying than pretending to be someone you're not right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can use personality types um, in your career and in your relationships, and it can really help us to understand why our loved ones and our clients and our coworkers think and behave differently than we do. Um, if we can better understand how others think and why they behave the way that they do, then we can better, you know, hold that space for them and their unique uh, gifts and needs. So Leah is an INFJ in the Myers-Briggs personality type system, and that four-letter code broken down for the INFJ is introversion, intuition, feeling, and judging. And so that doesn't make you a judgmental person. <laughs> the judging process <laughs> is just a, a process of how we make decisions. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of like a perceiver. So they would just have that P at the end of their four-letter code. Uh -huh. Yeah. So a per perceiver um, kind of pretends, I mean, not pretends, <laughs> prefers to have their, you know, outer world a little bit more open, um, not necessarily worried about a lot of structure and being organized um, and that allows them to have that like inner freedom. Um, but like with J's or judges, um, they really prefer to have those systems and be organized and, you know, kind of have a plan in place. Um, and that kind of helps them feel more at ease. Is that something you can relate to? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm trying to be a little more, I guess, relaxed and go with the flow. But yes, the core me, I'm pretty sure is 
more organized and needs <laughs> that structure. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, so we've talked about the dichotomies of introversion and extroversion um, in previous episodes. So if the listeners want to check out season two, episode two to hear more, they can. Um, but we've also went over some of the characteristics of the INFJ personality type in previous episodes. And so you can check out season one, episodes eight, 14, or 16, or all three. But on this episode with Leah, I wanted to do something fun. So here's 10 things the INFJ personality type wishes that other people knew about them as an INFJ. And so this comes from, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Introvert Dear blog? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. It's just like a cool, fun um, blog for introverts and just has a lot of relatable articles, just like a fun read, you know, over your morning coffee or if you're just hanging out before work. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. I'll look into it. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So it says that INFJs prefer interacting with people in a one-on-one or small group setting. While they can surely participate in large group activities, this can easily drain them and their energy. What do you think, Leah? That is so true, especially, um, so before I got sick, I never knew that to be true. I just knew that I would prefer one-on-one settings. I just felt more comfortable and I didn't really like, you know, the attention of big group settings. Um, but after getting sick and healing myself physically, emotionally, spiritually, and all the things, I realized that when I am in huge groups of people now, I, my energy is drained so much faster. So now I'm very, um, I guess I'm very hesitant to go to like big group things, knowing that, um, unless I know that, you know, I'm going to benefit from it or get something out of it. Like, for example, conventions, like huge conventions. I love it and I love learning, um, from the people there. It's just that I have to think twice to make sure that if my energy is going to be drained or if I'm going to receive energy from the people that I, the people that are there, the people that I am learning from, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it totally makes sense. And it like totally transitions us well into the next couple of facts because, you know, while many INFJs are personal growth junkies, Um, As introverts, they need plenty of alone time to recharge their energy. So it's nothing personal. They just need time and space to be themselves again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if I do decide to go to those conferences or group things, um, especially if it's over two, three days, I just, um, I end up going back to my room or hotel room and needing time to myself to kind of recharge. And then in terms of personal growth junkie, um, again, before getting sick, I, I didn't even know what personal development was, um, which I'm glad I do know what it is now. But it's funny how sometimes it takes an experience like that, like getting sick to to learn these things. Yeah, yep, totally, totally. Um, okay, tell me if a couple of these other points resonate with you too. So Sometimes INFJs are mistaken as extroverts. So due to their great people skills and their sincere interest and curiosity about people, um, sometimes they're mistaken as extroverts. Mm, yeah, I get told that. I don't, I don't know if I get told that I'm an extrovert, but they, I get told that I'm a pretty good public speaker, which 
I am terrified <laughs> of public <laughs> speaking. When I, when I first um, went through the healing process, a lot of people found out that I was able to wean myself off 35 medications. So um, this health group actually asked me to speak on stage. Um, at first it was just 50 people and even that I was really scared. And then it became 200 people and I was freaking out. I think I cried the whole time and I, and I dropped my box of meds. I, I told you guys that I bring my box of meds places sometimes to kind of, you know, to inspire people that they can do it too. And I dropped my box of meds on the stage. Um, and then on the third time I spoke on stage, it was in front of almost 700 people. And I also cried almost the whole time. <laughs> so it took me, it took me about a year to be able to say my story without crying. Um, and I guess because of that practice, and now that I can tell my story without crying, most people think, oh, she's, she's really good at public speaking. She's an extrovert, but really, I'm not. <laughs> or I don't think I am. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can relate to that too. Just I'm an INFJ as well. So I feel like I've done public speaking events, but I'm like, mm, like it makes me freak out on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it says INFJs have a hard time doing work that they're not passionate about. They seek meaning in all that they do. And many INFJs report that they're perfectionists. And I know that you have kind of, you know, affirmed that earlier when you said mm -hmm. you're a recovering perfectionist. But um, it says words of affirmation and quality time with their loved ones fill their love tank. Uh, what do you think? Um, in terms of doing work that I'm not passionate about, I think that speaks really closely to probably why I got sick. Um, in the beginning, I told you guys I was a pediatric nurse. Um, I was also a night shift nurse, which is not the greatest for your health. But one or two years into nursing, I already had a feeling like, oh, is this all there is to life? We go to work, we come home, take care of the kids and the house and then come back and do my shifts all over again. And it just, I don't know, I just didn't feel like I was super passionate about it as I thought I would be. Um, I fell into nursing um, because that's what my family said would be stable. I originally wanted to be a doctor when I was, ever since I was three years old. But every time I would volunteer in the hospital, I would see how the doctors are very, um, they're on call all the time. They don't really get a say of uh, when they have, when they can come to work, especially the type of doctor I wanted to be. So that's why I went into nursing. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't really um, from my own personal, I guess, choice or from mm -hmm. my own passion of becoming a nurse. And um, I feel like that's part of the reason why I got sick too is because deep down it, I wasn't living my passion and purpose. I was just doing what I felt like other people wanted me to do to be stable. Um, and then the yeah. other one was, oh, words of affirmation and quality time. Um, quality time for sure, for sure. Um, that fills up my love tank. Words of affirmation is actually one of my husband's um, love languages. And I am pretty bad at it <laughs> like I'm not the greatest at words of affirmation and when he gives me words of affirmation I'm not the greatest as about accepting it um like I just don't have the greatest response sometimes and he's like really I just told you you're beautiful and you're like you're just staring at me <laughs> so um, that one I'm a little iffy about but quality time for sure 
Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> okay, so it says INFJs are sensitive to criticism. What do you think? Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I some especially before I would take everything personally, like everything's my fault. I'm not good enough. Um, instead of looking really at what they mean by it or how I could better myself from what they're, they're saying to me, um, I just take it personally. Um, I've been getting better at that and trying to, um, like I, I can feel my body still be triggered when people give me criticism, but now I'm better at it by looking at really what they're trying to say and um, make changes if I feel like I should make changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And INFJs are like an iceberg. So the tip is what you see as say out loud, but underneath the surface is a mass amount of thinking and feelings that aren't always visible to the people around you. So, you know, you might look calm and placid, but maybe you might not be feeling that way on the inside. Can you relate to that? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> um, it's like, especially when a situation comes, there's so much I want to say, but then I also think like, oh, if I say this, will I offend anybody? Will I cause any drama? Um, and at work, when I was a nurse, everybody would say, especially in emergency situations, if my patient was on the verge of, you know, dying or things like that, they would always say that I'm calm. But on the inside, I am freaking out. <laughs> and um, I don't know, like, I'm trying to get better at saying how I feel, like saying what I feel and how I feel. Um, but I definitely, definitely relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yes. And it says that INFJs are dreamers, vision casters, and doers. So the judging part in the four-letter code makes them put these ideas of theirs into action so they can make regular progress. How does this all resonate with you? Yeah, um, especially with the dreams that I told you guys about, um, it definitely resonates with me. Um, the the doer part, it's that's the part that I'm like, sometimes I'm hesitant about, but then no matter how much I doubt myself, I do it anyway. So um, I guess that's the, <laughs> the doer in me that even though I doubt, like I'll still go forward and, yeah. and try to make my dreams happen. Yes, I love that so much. And I am so excited because I want to dive into everything coaching and your Serenity Journal Planner and kind of your personal development events. So what kind of coach are you? So on my Instagram, I say that I'm a parenting life coach. I'm still playing with the name, I guess, that I or what I want to be known as. Um, for the most part, I just say life coach. But the reason I say it parenting life coach, coach is because um, I feel that as adults, especially as parents, if we grow ourselves and better ourselves, then um, in all ways, spiritually, mentally, physically, um, then the children around us will grow up to be their confident self. Um, and they're equipped with these healthy habits um, that they can take into their adult life. So I say parenting life coach, but I also work with teachers because, you know, teachers have a great influence on kids in the classroom. So I'm still playing with the name, but <laughs> yeah. life coach for now. Yeah, no, I can totally relate to that too. I'm still playing with like what exactly I like call myself, but you know, you know, like who exactly you serve. So that's the main part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 
What is the Serenity Journal Planner? I know you touched on it a little bit before, but I'm just curious, how can it help kids and parents and teachers? Sure. Um, so Serenity um, Journal and Planner, at first it was just meant to be a gratitude journal um, because of the morning routine I set up with my son where we would meditate every morning. We would think of three things we're grateful for. And then the last thing is focus on what we wanted to do for our body, whether that's um, plan an exercise that we were going to do together or plan our meals out. Um, so it's all encompassing for the whole body. Um, but then the more I looked into it, the more I um, grew myself and um, looked into the self-development, I realized that a really good morning routine starts at night when you set your intentions of what you want to do the next day. Um, and then bringing the gratitude practices at night too. So that's how the journal part works. It's both a morning and evening routine. And then the journal part, I, during this process, I was carrying two books, basically my gratitude journal and then my planner. And it just got heavy and <laughs> I didn't want to go back and forth between the two books. So that's why I added the planner. And I did um, my market research and a lot of people said that that would be helpful for them too, so that they just only have to carry one book around. Um, so that's why we added the planner and it's an undated six month journal and planner. So you can start whenever and whenever, if you forget an entry, you can just start from where, you know, where you left off because life happens. And even I forget to do it sometimes if life gets crazy or busy. But the thing that I notice is the days that I don't do it, that those days seem to be more flustered and all over the place versus the days that I take the time to set those intentions and to, you know, journal it out in the morning before I get my day started. So cool. I love all of that. And I, I like that you have consolidated both a journal and a planner together because I feel <laughs> like I'm constantly carrying around like a thousand books. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> Cool. Okay. So I saw on your Instagram that you attended the Mommy Millionaire event in 2018. I love Kayla. So I'm curious, what was it like and how has it shifted your life? Um, so when I first started in this personal development world, um, I did go to different events before, but then I was battling between nursing and doing this side business thing at the time. Um, and I wasn't even sure if it was going to go anywhere because to be honest, my whole family um, grew up doing business. And I grew up also saying I would never do business because of what I saw them experience and the hardships that they, that they experienced. And so I didn't want that for myself. I wanted something more stable. I got that with nursing. And then now here I am battling between the two. So literally I Googled nurse entrepreneur and um, Kayla Kraft came up and I'm not sure if you know her whole background story but she used to be an ER nurse and um, fell into network marketing and then created her own brand and business um, and coaching business now and so I just started listening to her podcast just to get a little more inspiration that I can do this even though I'm still working as a nurse and have this side business going on um, and the more that I listened to her, the more that I like believed that I could do it. And then um, just a few months after listening to her podcast, she announced that she was having her first ever live event. 
And I was like, oh, okay, I want to go. But then I've never invested in myself like that. Um, so I was doubting if I should. And then she opened up an opportunity for a buy one, get one free ticket. So I was like, okay, if I can get a friend to come with me and split the cost, then um, I'm for sure going to go. And the first person I asked, she said yes. And I was like, oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> um, that worked out. So I went. Um, and then she also opened up a contest to win a hotel room. And so um, I entered the contest. I like tagged all these people. I told all my like nursing friends who I knew were venturing off into their own thing as well to possibly come to the event. And I happened to win the hotel room too. So um, it was an amazing experience because I was, at first I was letting money get in the way of me not going, but I ended up going. I learned so much. And at that time, actually at the time of her event, the journal and planner was just an idea. Um, I didn't even have the PDFs yet. I didn't have anything. Um, I just, it was just an idea from the dreams I was having. And from her event um, to like maybe a month later, that's when we executed the PDFs, did the trials, and then um, got it published. So it happened all fast. It happened really fast. And I felt like she had a lot to do with um, that success. Yeah, I love that so much. And that is so cool that you brought like your dreams to fruition. And another dream that you brought to fruition is your workshop. So you've hosted workshops and, you know, with parents and children before. So can you tell us a little bit more about what these events are like? Mm -hmm. So um, these workshops are both for parents and children, like you mentioned. Um, the parents are actually um, on one side of the room or event doing and learning their own thing and the kids are another on the other side and we're teaching them their own thing um, all centered around a certain a certain theme so for example january was vision board so we had the parents sit together and make their own vision board and then the the kids make their vision board and then they come together as a family and like discuss what they've learned um, discuss what they created and shared with each other and um, February's theme was love in action. So we taught them about affirmations and um, random acts of kindness. And then they come together again and share what they've created. And so far, um, it's been an amazing experience. Um, again, it was just an idea and I didn't know what would come from it. I didn't even know people would come to it. Um, but from the feedback we've heard from the parents, especially that they love these workshops because it get, gives them the time to connect with their kids in a way that they haven't seen their kids before, I guess. Um, in this world of technology, it's just, it's just so easy to sit your kid in front of a TV while you do your own thing on social media or whatever. And even at the dinner table, when we go out to restaurants, we just, we just see family members on their phones versus actually talking to each other. So um, I love that these workshops can get them to know their kids and their parents because when the parents were um, sharing their vision boards you could just see the sparkle in their kids eyes like wow my parents have these these goals and dreams too and I can do it too type of thing so it's been a really good experience <laughs> so far yeah oh my gosh I'm so excited for you that sounds like just so amazing and you're doing amazing things for kids parents teachers the community so yeah keep going girlfriend <laughs> thank you yeah. it's not easy but it's just things that come to mind and I guess I just 
make it happen and see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, just following that heart. I love it. So, okay, I'm curious. Um, in wrapping this up, I want to know if you could give one, you know, important piece of advice to someone who's just starting their um, business and particularly online in the online space, uh, what would it be? Um, if I could give one piece of advice to someone just starting their entrepreneurial journey, I would probably say just don't be afraid to try what your heart calls you to, even if you don't know where it's going to lead you, just because I, don't know, I feel like we have all these dreams and passions and yes, one might lead you to success, but the other might lead you to, I don't know, I, I don't want to call it failure, but just lessons that need to be learned. Um, just don't be afraid to take the risk and try it out. Yeah, I love that. So many people are probably needing to hear that right now. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much for being so willing to answer, you know, all of our interview questions. Um, where can our audience find you online and on social media? Um, so right now I'm mostly on Instagram um, at live.life.love.leah. <laughs> um, and then I also have my own private Facebook group. I actually have two. One of them is Struggles Into Strength, which I'm has over a thousand women in it, but I'm realizing that I want to focus on kids now and their parents and teachers. And so our main one now is called Serenity for Kids. So if you are a parent or a teacher, um, and if your kids even happen to have social media, um, we help teenagers as well, um, then you can join the Facebook group Serenity for Kids. That's when you can see recaps of these workshops that I'm talking about. And if you can't even make the workshops, if you're not local, um, we post um, like how to do these activities with your kids at home. Um, so it's a good place to start if you're looking into something like that. Nice. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here and we'll talk next time. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. It was so much fun and getting to know you too. And I just appreciate the work that you're doing too. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. What's up, everybody? It's Riley with the That's Deep Podcast. Naomi and I would love to invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of the page after you're done listening to the episode and find the ratings and reviews. Tap the number of stars you see fit and leave a little comment for us. At the end of each month, we'll do a little raffle and pick a lucky reviewer to receive a little gift card from us at the That's Deep Podcast. A little token of appreciation. Thank you for all your support and good luck.